This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live with Posimist. And uh, we've talked to her before, but tonight we're going to talk about her new single and uh, music video from her forthcoming album. And uh, it's it's going to be pretty cool. So we'll just introduce yourself to the fans again. <laughs> you're Posimist. You're in Iceland, Iceland right, right now. Right? I am at the moment, yes, in Iceland when we have a volcano. Um, yeah. Oh, it's going off. It's going yes. off, right? You're in a safe really spot, exciting. right? Yeah, safe but, I, but I went there to see it, of course, just, oh. you know, to be in a warm space in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had talked um, on our audio program, which we still have, uh, but we've kind of moved into video podcasting because we think it gives the fans a better uh, understanding and just uh, experience with the, with the musicians that we talk to. So this is our new thing. And the cool thing is that we're still going to do the audio only, on Anchor FM and it's gonna go out to Spotify and Apple just like normal. Is that this video version will be on my Facebook channel, which is running right now. So on Fam Electric Ghost Facebook, uh, family, you know, Facebook.com, Fam Electric Ghost, we're actually live right now. And um, and then YouTube will be published later. So so let's uh, let's get into your music video. So I'm gonna start to cue it up. You can see it there. It's getting a little bigger. <laughs> and now <laughs> It's going to go full size and then I'll mute you and we'll talk about it in a second. Small city, no lines, our downfall, people coming in, you're creeping my life, till yours is better than mine, whoa, whoa, oh, guys, I'm off this place to paradise, I'm keeping those nights, I'm on my way to, whoa, oh, oh, big city, no time, like home where no one's living in, weird city, still pretty, much fine. Who cares anyway? We are lying. Whoa, oh, guys, I thought this place was a paradise. I'm tripping those lights. I'm on my way to paradise. Whoa, oh, guys, I'm off this place to paradise. I'm tripping those lights. I'm on my way to paradise. <laughs> Dream state is a state of mind Dream state is a state of mind I'm tripping, I rise, I'm on my way to paradise Paradise. I'm tripping those nights. I'm on my way to paradise. 
So we're back, and let me get you everybody back on the same page. So I'm going to put you back on the mic. How you doing? So that that's a really cool video. I like I like the production. I like the vibe. And so I'm going to ask: Is this is this all you? Did you do the whole thing? Well, actually, it's all you, I guess, because when you close your eyes and or even if you decide to leave them open, right? Then it's your world that's going to open up. So basically, you are the creator. Yeah, yeah, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, but in terms of the music, did you do all everything in that production for that song? Is, is that all you on on the song? Yep, yep. Yeah, because you're you're a singer songwriter, production, you're electronic musician, so you did like everything, right? You pretty much, or did you work with another producer on it? No, to be honest, I made everything myself. Um, or with some like I don't know, divine powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think don't know. We talk, talk about like a lot of times like singer songwriters. We're kind of inspired by the muse, and uh, a lot of us who do it ourselves, you know, we we just kind of let 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 it take us, you know, wherever the. I, I feel like like you get inspired by just the cosmos, you know, things just yeah. come. You know, I'm I'm living with all my gear. I live in my like my bedroom studio. I'm a real bedroom producer because it's like everything is like right here all the time. Um, and I yeah. think it, I think it, like especially with during COVID, one of the things I wanted to ask in terms of like how how did you get this? To, well, I guess if you're doing it all yourself, it's not that hard to to do it unless you have to get to a studio. And then I'll, I'll talk about the video how you did that. And so. From the music point of view, it's like, were you just able to do everything in your home studio? Well, actually, the song was recorded before COVID started. And uh, that was actually, and it was even, like, the song came to me actually, like, two years ago or so. And then, um, you know, but that's, I think, also the beauty of, like, just doing things right away and not waiting, because then they're authentic and you never know, right? When you cannot mm -hmm. go to the studio anymore. Um, so, of course, it would have been a bit harder. Luckily, I have my studio um, here in Reykjavik really nearby. So I can just go whenever I feel like that the inspiration hits and I can just go there in the middle of the night or whenever. So, so yeah, but I think you're right about this. You know, you feel that it's sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm not writing those songs alone. But there is some some like spirit or muse that's kind of there, and yeah. that's why you know it's actually a really interesting question. That. Like you know, did you do it all yourself? I don't know. Yeah, because I think a lot of times like I like to do a lot. I think we talked about it before, but I'm kind of a, a person that likes stream of consciousness, right? So I'll go in the studio, I'll just open the mic up, and I might have some. I, I started as a poet, I think. A lot of us as musicians have, you know, we have all these journals, we have all these diaries of stuff we wrote down on paper. And it's on napkins, it's on the back of cards, and you know, it's on voice memo. And and then you might have all these ideas, but then you like you you like I go up to my Moog and it tells me something 
I didn't expect to do. Like I, I just starts to act in a different way. And then I go and I pull something that was kind of in the back of my head, but I didn't even know it was there. And then I just go where wherever it takes me. I kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to let this take me. And it's kind of like, it's just coming from the ether. It's coming from somewhere. Some of it's me, but a lot of it seems like it's coming from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So I think, do you feel like they, I think, yeah, you, you agree with that from what you're saying. <laughs> totally. Uh, also like there's, I think words are kind of limiting in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. I think uh, music sometimes, you know, even the way that you touch the key or, or why you pick that kind of sound, it just opens up the whole new world that like words cannot express. And yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, I you, yeah. So you think like, do you like the music kind of focus it and then the words kind of come? Well, I guess it's a question. Like when you're a songwriter, like, did the words come first? Or does the music come first? Or is it kind of <laughs> go back and forth? And like, do you focus on it or you just focus on what's going to work? You know, you like some people are really into making very tight compositions that are, you know, for a certain type of you know, audience and then other people are more experimental. You see more like Bjork, Tori Amos, uh, you know, uh, Kate Bush. I mean, you, you're more experimental, more like, okay, I'm going to go with a feeling like Peter Gabriel, yeah. like, like very really much. Spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of that progressive. Like I think people today are so into like electronic music and they think of like EDM DJs, which aren't, it's not, that's not, not the right one wrong way to think about it but a lot of electronic music started from like very experimental people that were doing like these very long like you know classical or jazz type of stuff and it was like very mm -hmm. ethereal very you know like pink floyd like you know yes like you know this stuff that just kind of went wherever it was going to go mm -hmm. and it was, didn't really have any boundaries and you kind of just went wherever you felt like you know you did field recordings or you did you know, tape loops, or you you played with modern new synthesis, and you never these stuff that no, nobody had ever heard before. And I kind of see like what you're doing. It, it's very interesting in 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 parts of the song, the the synthesis that's happening, like the different types of um, kind of rotating like melodies and things that are going on. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, you I like to talk about how you got to it. Yeah, I also like the I, in a way I I take mute playing music as if I was a child I still play with with music uh, and I feel that I don't know too much about you know what's going to happen within a synthesizer or any instrument but but that's the way that you actually can explore and discover something new actually when you when you don't know and um, I think I don't know maybe the whole music the way that we see it nowadays started out as an experimental thing. You know, if you, if we go back to like thousands of years ago, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, like people just you know finding stones, like throwing yeah. things, you know. Yeah, just like feeling drums, like, ladders. Yeah. yeah, I think it's if all you experimental. Just, yeah, I mean, I think if you think about it, like if you take an instrument and you and you do something that is not expected, right? Like I I tend to do things like I'll take. I'll, I'll sample one of my instruments and then bring it into another instrument and then kind of tear it apart. So oh, I'll, yeah. take, I'll take like my Moog and sample it and then bring it back into the Moog, into my spring reverb and then use it. 
uh-huh. and then run it through all kinds of weird, weird LFOs and envelopes and stuff just to create like a lot of distance. I like a lot of, I like, uh, like Alexander Cortini from like Nine Inch Nails. There's like a, a kind of school of thought in electronic music where you can kind of be into dissonance mm-hmm. or kind of discordance or noise. And so you can take like tape noise and field recordings and all kinds of weird things and kind of just see where it goes. And oh, yeah. it might not necessarily be musical, but then you can kind of make it work. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's just I, like, it's, it's fun. You know, it's more like you say, you're like a child. You're like, I'm a child with my toys. Freaking world, like everything, as many as there are things in my room or in the world, you know, it's as many are instruments. I, I, I like, you, you reminded me of the moment when I, there's another song uh, in Unseeable. I, uh, I needed a bass for the, for the song. And then I discovered this, my friend had this bass synthesizer that I, got to explore and uh, I ended up living with a like a really high pitch bird sample made with this bass synthesizer that's the totally <laughs> opposite you know but yeah yeah you take a bass synthesizer and it's known for the bottom and you use the top end you yeah. know or, like or, or you take you take something that's supposed to be really pretty right and then you have to run it through a bunch of stomp boxes yeah you make it super distorted like yeah. you take a grand piano and then you run it through a bunch of distortion pedals and space echoes and it's like suddenly it's not uh, like a big like German piano. It's become this like very noisy thing. That, yeah. That, and so I, do, I like kind of playing with things like that to kind of just see like break the rule because it's like if there's a rule, you should probably should break it. <laughs> yeah. You know? You know, it's it's when you have when you have the personality, right? Everybody knows that maybe you're this like you know bright person. And like I know you have a dark side or the opposite, you know, and that it's just like good to find this yeah. character that's maybe not coming out and then pull it out. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Great. yeah. So the video. So what did you do the video? Or you work with a video director? Or is that all you too? No, I I did the video, the concept, yeah. Cool. So, so, so is that all like still you, you didn't have to go, um, or did, or you made, did you do the video at the same time you did the song or you did that like later? I did it later, the, the video. Yeah. So is that yeah, something you did like, like last year or this year? This year. Yeah. This year I actually did it like two weeks before the release. So, wow. uh, so yeah, with the help of some uh, graphic designers. Okay. But right. uh, but the but the the human part is like you know bedroom production. Bedroom production, yeah. But it's it's really I, I like the intimacy of like mm-hmm. bedroom productions and kind of indie film because I think it, it it's a very authentic and does you know and it's it just has a, a more. I I mean I think I talked about this before. I grew up with like college radio before mm-hmm. like MTV. And I, I found like REM before they were famous. Like they were, they were, they weren't on Warner Brothers. They were like on IRS Records, and mm-hmm. some college radio DJ played them. Just like I heard like Joy Division on a college radio station because no big radio station was going to play it. And that that always like appealed to me that they hear that the kind of like you know it's just like lo-fi, not necessarily or, or indie feel or you know, before indie. There's this whole idea of these these bands that kind of come out of the clash and the sex pistols and people were like post-punk and you mm-hmm. started getting into new romantic new wave and there was a lot of ways you could go i mean the joy division became new order 
and New Order doesn't sound anything like Joy Division. It's the same guys, you know. And it's it's a, the, the experimentation that was happening from going from punk into electronic into like ska and and taking other ones to disco and rock. It's just, it's just was really kind of in that era. It seemed like really wide open. You could listen to go on MTV and see so much diversity. Yeah, and, and, I think it's. I think it's kind of um, it shows. I I really like when like personally when brands or bands or whoever is like courageous to take that risk to you know lose their audience in order to actually grow and move somewhere, you know because it's if you have this audience who is like you know that they love EDM then it's really easy to just play EDM and you know that it's they're gonna eat it but but. But I don't know, there's also some kind of really like respectable thing in growth. Like if you have a punk band and if it goes into pop or the opposite or, you know, whatever happens, it's just, yeah. I feel it's just beautiful. Like I think, yeah, I think it's, that's the growth you want because you don't want to get stuck. I think most musicians don't want to get stuck playing the, their one hit over and over and over again to the same yeah. crowd, you know, they like, like the Purple Rain Cat or the Stairway to Heaven you know there's all these like iconic songs from popular artists mm -hmm. and if you ask them they'll say like i really don't like to play that because <laughs> yeah. like, i'd rather play a deeper cut that mm -hmm. maybe never got anywhere but i feel that that was like a better piece of work but mm -hmm. the audience didn't see it that way so i was like okay you have to you have to work with your audience to what they like you know because that's the kind of give and take like the audience wants this and they expect this but then sometimes you want to try to push them because you you want to grow. I think every musician wants to grow and and yeah. kind of see where they could go. You know, I, I think I think that's really cool to when people are willing to take that risk because sometimes I think the industry has a tendency to not want to be is risk averse. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of. Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, music is this interesting, interesting thing, like uh, the whole, in, you know, industry is something so grounded and music is something so ethereal. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the communication between those two. Well, you're trying to capture a butterfly and, it, yeah. and it's like you actually destroy the nature of the butterfly if you capture it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You say you're like so if you if you're trying to like break into this ethereal stuff and this astral plane and you're going into these really strange areas, and then like the the machinery of the music industry says, well, I like this piece of what you did, yeah. and I want to monetize that, I want to popularize that, but you're still like trying to go in this other direction, and then they want to cage you like the bird you know it's like well you're pretty you this is real great and this is beautiful but we only like this moment we don't yeah. we don't like these other moments <laughs> and then you're like well you know that's that moment came because i was i was free to do it yeah and now if they put the chains on me it's like i'm less free to do it <laughs> maybe it's all about just flying just right in the middle <laughs> yes yeah, kind of trying to get that place where they can't catch you yeah like, but they can still you know they kind of like they're chasing you and they never catch you. That's like a better place to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I really, so maybe talk about the new record that this is um, gonna be on. Yeah, this uh, Paradise is gonna be on a universe record. It's my first full length record. I cannot wait to release it to the world. It's gonna happen 
in June, really, really much likely confirmed now. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be one hour of uh, music. Um, oh, an hour, that, that's one really hour. Yes, so I, just so to ask you, are, do you have very, like since it's an hour long, are the songs like not traditional, like what's going on in today's world? A lot of songs are like two minutes, three minutes. So are these mm -hmm. songs kind of more stretched out? Um, no, uh, not at all. Actually, they are of different lengths. I think from uh, from like Paradise is the shortest song actually, um, and it has I don't know how much I can tell, but uh, it has at least. Maybe so, like so you, five distinguishable music genres. Okay, like there's so you have no. So you got multiple genres going on. Yeah. So that it's what, a journey. I think that makes an album. Like you know, if you think about like if you the reason you want to listen to an album versus like a single on a playlist is mm -hmm. because it has a theme. Mm -hmm. And so like so if you were gonna uh, kind of high level explain the theme of this record, what what's your overall kind of elevator pitch to explain the theme of, of the, your new album, like a quick way, unless there's not a quick way to do it. <laughs> well, actually, the theme is pretty um, in, in depth. There's a really large concept uh, behind that that I will be re revealing as the album reveals itself. Uh, but basically, it's about going inside your subconsciousness and getting glimpses of your past lives, experiences that come back as songs. So you will visit places and uh, the songs are those places. Well, that sounds like a really cool thing. I mean, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know, it's like the kind of introspection that you get from a singer songwriter that, that, that you know, you, at least the type of music I love is a lot of this stuff from the late 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, where bands were kind of allowed to kind of go wherever they wanted. And mm -hmm. you know, people were allowed to kind of, I don't have to have the same sound. Like you're saying there's like multiple genres on the record. There's a tendency today, it's like, I've got to get, keep everything in the same lane. Like you were saying, yeah. like EDM is EDM, trans, side trans. So if you've got an album or an EP, everything's got to be that genre. Everything's yeah. got to be like in that groove. But but if you listen to like classic albums like a Pink Floyd album or like you know, like a Sgt. Pepper's or you know Funkadelic or even the classic singer songwriters like Carole King and people like that, they, there was a diversity in an album. The reason yeah. you listen to it is because it, even if it didn't have a theme, like all the songs could go kind of fit in the project, but they could be wildly different from each other. Um, but they yeah. all had a vibe that fit that project i mean if there's you know if if your soul is left inside of music you never have to worry about like what the like if this thing is gonna you know fit together or not because it's your soul and your story if there's no soul then then you just need to compensate it i guess with some other things yeah well, maybe that might work as well <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but um yeah but I feel it's all actually, it is actually a trans music because it's written in a trans state, so-called. So you can yeah, call it, yeah. the, name yeah, it the trans. It's a, it's a true trans music. <laughs> the, yeah. 
like it's like you know you can think about like like the psychedelic music if i go back to like Jimi hendrix mm-hmm. and, you know he's a, like my big idol and i listen to like uh, electric ladyland which is is not straight like blues it's not mm-hmm. straight rock it's super experimental he's like one of the first progressive musicians because it's not it's kind of like going in a way that no one had really done before and other bands like ended up taking elements of it and he mm-hmm. was just a guitar player but he was doing things that synthesizer players do he's doing things that producers do you know having all these strange sounds coming out of the guitar like a synthesizer like birds mm-hmm. and ocean waves and it was very ethereal and it, it was like this spoken word poetry going on there's all this like like multi-track recording with like you know this really interesting like it's a true like expression of somebody who wanted to like, just go wherever they wanted to and they didn't really care what anybody wanted from them um, yeah and i think that you know and there were a lot of people around him at the time that said well you shouldn't do it that way you should just do another purple haze and it's like yeah. no he, he didn't want to do another purple haze. He just he he went where he wanted to go, and I think that's really cool when when you get somebody that big, who kind of bucks the system and says, "Hey," and you know, in, in the indie world, like a lot of us, that's where we live. You know, mm-hmm. we we don't want to be part of the big label system. We want to be closer to what our heart is. Like like I think a lot of what music is is like it's your soul. It's your yeah. it's your it's your heart. It's your what you're trying to do as a musician. You're hoping other people pick up on it, but it's kind of like you're trying to satisfy like the yearning inside of you um, to, to express yourself in a way that you feel that you can best do. Yeah, I know it's it's totally right because I think for me, music is like it's a bit of a selfish journey. But uh, if I'm um, in this means that you know those songs. Uh, for example, in Universe, they are all, many of them are written about experiences that I have never had. And then I started to, but you know, but the song comes to me as if I had experienced it. And while writing it, I can actually empathize it, empathize with the song. And then I started to wonder that, you know, maybe that's why where all these past lives uh, research or came in actually that I was started to think that maybe I have actually lived those things too. And uh, oh, those so are the experiences that are way, yeah, like way beyond my, this body here. And it's kind of like a research that I want to know. I, I really want to know. And and I think, um, you know, that's uh, something that, yeah, it's a selfish journey, but I would not, give up if because some you know because some uh, fans or audience uh, would like to um would like to hear something i'm sorry sorry guys but but uh, but you know i i'd rather give you something pure well i, th- I think it's really i think where, you, where you're coming from is, is a really interesting place because when you have a lot of songs i kind of build on like okay it's a love story it's mm-hmm. like it's a, like somebody left me or I left them or I'm mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, independent. And there's a lot of cool themes in that, but it's really interesting when you take something that's more uncommon. Like if you take, you take an idea like reincarnation, I had other lives mm-hmm. 
and and I'm trying to like understand my experiences and maybe I thought I didn't experience that from what you're saying, but you actually did because you're kind of tapping in subconsciously to maybe a, a past life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's pretty cool because, you know, that is not something that a lot of artists actually do. I mean, there are some artists that have kind of gone into that, but it's not something you normally hear. And I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting place to start a story. It's like when you read a novel, like if somebody's doing the same kind of crime novel or fantasy novels, like the same kind of theme and you've seen it before, but when you have something that's more unique, then you're like, okay, well, this is a different experience. Uh, and I think that gives the fan, that gives the audience, the music, um, you know, aficionado is like, oh, wow, there's something different here. There's something really interesting. I want to get into this, not just about, you know, a beat, which is not bad to be about a beat, but, you know, it could be about the beat and reincarnation at the same time. <laughs> That's true. And, and also, you know, it's for me, like, I really would like to, you know, also, Kind of when when people when people connect to it and and when people when I can find people who connect to that music and those topics, then actually you know then then we can talk together because I have so much learned from that. That it's kind of the way of communication, that a way of finding the people who are like you. I mean, you know, when people like feel heartbreak or those so-called common to common topics, you know, that we are all probably going through at some point in our lives um then you know we turn to a song we turn to we often seek like you know some kind of companionship within a song or a musician to relate to but what if there are actually people there are people who are probably alone with the same problems or like mr mr is like like i am you know where do they go so it's like you know i want to um it's maybe like a the getaway for for them but, yeah i think fantasy and music is really cool i mean if you think about like there was a time when there's like you know science fiction or fantasy themes you think about band like rush mm -hmm. rush used to do all these really interesting themes that were really kind of based on science fiction and, mm -hmm. and they, they had a lot of ideas of okay that's not nor that's not what normally rock bands talk about it, it's kind of going and yes used to kind of do this thing with these very ethereal cosmic things and mm -hmm. they would be big cosmic pieces almost like big movements like in classical music but it was like jazz and stuff so it, it just it's it's not well i think it is it kind of draws you in and i think what's cool about uh, when the work you're doing is kind of like it's really good for like a, if you are listening on vinyl because you know the thing about vinyl is it makes you listen to the whole project oh yeah so if you've got a project that's like an hour long and it it, you know, it's on a digital system. It's like people will maybe skip through it. If it's on a mm -hmm. CD, maybe they'll 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 do it. But on vinyl, they'll definitely do listen to it. Um, yeah. Uh, because they, it's like once you get involved with the vinyl, you're probably gonna not you're not gonna lift up the needle. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think that's what's what's cool. Back in the day when I grew up, is like you you had you would listen to the whole Pink Floyd album just because once you put it on, you're gonna listen to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you would be like that. I'm gonna focus on this one artist at this one time, and you'd like you know close your eyes and put your headphone on and and try to get into the world that they're creating. Um, yeah, I think music can do that if you let it. But some people are so distracted by 
other things that they were listening to music and they're not actually really listening. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a it's a fast food society, right? Like we are snacking while watching TV. Uh, we are, you know, doing like trying to save time, but those quality experiences, you know, like actually, you know, going to a, like restaurant or like making a meal and just enjoying it. The really, the really presence, you know, focusing on how it tastes like. I don't know, like, you know, I think most people are not paying a lot of intention, attention to it, but they're missing a lot of really true experiences. I think the same way as with music, you know, that if you really listen, like not just hear the music, then you can just, I don't know, it can just, it opens you up yeah. so much and they can give so much. I think people, most people are just not taking, maybe like taking 10% that it can give. Yeah, I think if you kind of like follow like, the, you know, the top type music, you know, like the top 10 list, top 20 list, top 30 list, there's a certain type of music that people consume that's kind of like, you know, like it's like, like you said, fast food music. And, and, mm -hmm. and because it's like, okay, it, I like the beat, I like it's hip. It's, it's maybe not that deep. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't have like the quality of like a like if you think about it in the past you think of like like a Joni Mitchell, mm -hmm. like Tori yeah. Amos. You think about like you know Laurie Anderson. You think about mm -hmm. like guy like like Lou Reed. You, you'd have to give Lou Reed. You give him like you know his songs will go like six minutes long, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 they're deep in their lyrical content, and you can't like avoid listening to actually what he actually you know the details of what he's saying. He's mm -hmm. actually telling stories, and in a world where people don't want to hear stories, they want to just hear like a line here or there that's kind of catchy. Mm -hmm. It's just a different, it's kind of like feels like the 1950s today. Like in the 50s, you had a lot of like bubblegum kind of hit music. And it's not bad. I mean, some of that music, Motown music is brilliant, but it wasn't as deep as what you get in the late 60s, 70s. We start to get people exploring personal demons, you know, all different types of, you know, like environmentalism, you know, outer space, all kinds of politics. You see all this stuff, different, different topics come in and then you, you can open yourself up to, oh, it, it doesn't just have to be a hit. It actually can be a statement. It actually can bring you into a world. Yeah, I think, I think like, I'm really, really curious about what's going to happen after this uh what's the result of this whole uh, COVID lockdown? I think um, when people have had a lot of time to spend with themselves alone in the rooms, I think it will change something. I, I think, think like it has... I think maybe, we get more maybe. introspection, like you're saying, mm -hmm. continue. I th I, yeah, I think it's gonna create like a 1968-69 kind of situation where yeah. the music was very intense. Even if you get to like 1970 and Marvin Gaye saying what's going on, you get Stevie Wonder in the mid 70s with like, you know, intervisions and songs in the key of life. You have people making these big, big statements and their mm -hmm. pieces. I mean, songs in the key of life was like, like three albums, it was like three, three, three vinyls in a 78. And it was like this two and a half hour thing. And, and yeah, people, actually wow. sat, people actually sat down and listened to it. Mm -hmm. You know, people actually took the time and listened to that whole album. 
you know, and it's like even Marvin Gaye's like, what's going on? People would listen to the whole record because it was like, here's a soul musician from a, a, a place like Motown that normally just had happy kind of hits that had really good beats. And then he suddenly starts talking about the environment and civil rights and all this stuff. And it was like, wow, like nobody had done that. And, and, and so I think we might be in the kind of scenario with the COVID where a lot of artists were kind of locked down they're kind of forced to like look at themselves, look at the world in a different way and actually take the time to not be so busy, not be running from show to show, from gig to gig. Yeah. And and did you feel like that when you were writing an album because you can't go out and, and do what we, what we normally do is like tour and do things um, that you were able to go deeper than you ever probably thought you could or were you Maybe answer that. <laughs> mm. It was interesting because uh, right before the COVID started, I was supposed to move to uh, New York, and oh, wow. uh, and I had uh, yeah from Iceland to the big city, and um, and somehow and yeah and I had concerts coming up and stuff like that, and I was really really excited, uh, but then somehow the whole like mess that was going on just made me realize that um that yeah i need to i need that i need that, that fresh air that i like that that quiet space that you can always come back to mm -hmm. and um and i don't know like i, I i've been always kind of introspective person so so i um i haven't i cannot say that they changed something uh much for me in this sense but um but what it changed was that you know when people around you become more uh, introspective then you have more to talk about and then you can oh, connect oh, more to the people so actually like my social circle so called or i feel that i can actually now connect to more people. Maybe they understand you better now. Yeah, because so, I always felt kind of like this, you know, alien a bit to to go maybe a little bit too deep. But uh, but now I feel that actually, you know, it's 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 not that I don't I don't I don't believe in shallow people. I think it's just, you know, where people swim, like when when where's yeah. their comfort zone and and you know sometimes like when you go deep then then you know, like you become afraid that maybe you cannot have the air to get out, or you know, or you know, you're just like scared of that, and that that's why many maybe many people are not visiting those places often, and when they do, they are scared to open up about them. But but I feel now like I I can actually like people are just exploring more and becoming more aware, and their comfort zone is kind of becoming maybe more deeper than it, like deeper than it was. Well, I think when there's a crisis, people are forced to kind of deal with like the elephant in the room, which is, you know, that if you had been in a situation where you could kind of run away from like you, because you could be just out there doing, you know, touring or being just even a normal person. If you're just going to work every day and yeah. you go to the bar and you can do this and you can do that, you can go wherever you want. But then when you're forced to be like in a pod of like, okay, I got to be with my wife, my daughter, my kids, or I have to be with my, my roommate and I can't go out. And then I got to look at what's going on and I can't just run away. 
and, 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 and do something else, I'm kind of forced to look at myself. I'm forced to mm-hmm. look at what's going on. And there's some people that never like to do that. And they, they, yeah. they singers, songwriters or creatives. I think we do that all the time. I mm-hmm. think like, in terms of like when we write, we're always kind of pulling something out of ourselves, maybe some pain or some mm-hmm. happiness, but we tend to pull pain because songwriters like pain tends to be, be a better motivator and create better work. <laughs> but, um, um, at least for me, maybe not for everybody, but yeah, I, I mean, I, we are sensitive, right? And we cannot handle too much of this like weight inside us, right? So it needs to come out. It's going to feel good. Yeah, I think that that's in the people who don't do that, they maybe don't understand us. You know, like what I've found is like sometimes people who aren't creatives that don't know, that don't, don't, you know, they don't create anything. I mean, they're more consumers of, of people that create stuff, but they, they're, they're the fans or the people that, are just you know they 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 kind of can't are in amazement that people can write music or people can be an actor or some people they can be I mean uh, a comedian they just they're like they they, they couldn't do it but mm-hmm. we're in that kind of zone where we do but there's a price a lot of times like artists like ourselves we we can be in a spot where we're kind of alone in order, in order to create music you have to have that kind of quiet alone time mm-hmm to do something and other people were like, well, why are you gone? Because I'm working on this work, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a, but but in, in this ways, I think, yeah, like people are becoming more, um, more maybe understanding and forgiving to us as well to, yeah. to you know, because they are starting to realize that maybe a little bit of alone time would be great for them too, you know, because it's, I think it's always great to do those like self checks, you know, where you are at the moment as we are growing all the time, we're changing all the time. And it's, you know, if you don't take those moments and we just don't know who we are, like sometimes you remember yourself five years ago, you know, if you don't do that, then you might have a really old version of yourself just in your head. (laughs) And that's, uh, that's really funny. I think that, that might bring you to some really funny situations. Well, I think it's like, we're all like novelists. You know, I think all songwriters are a lot like authors, a lot like painters, like we're telling stories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the story is talking about the future. It's talking mm-hmm. about the past or it's talking about the present. It's talking about feelings. And, and, and we, as creative people, we can take feelings and not just turn them into lyrics. We can turn them into the, the song sounds that come out of our instruments. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think a lot of people, like if you get, I'm into jazz a lot. And, oh, and nice. jazz, jazz is like really powerful in that you can have a lot of sadness and you can mm-hmm. push it through the music and people can feel it. You can feel that you're all doing this kind of blue mood, mm-hmm. blue kind of thing. And there's a lot of jazz that talks about blue because it's, it's kind of ennui or, this this idea that you're melancholy and in but it, it it actually generates really beautiful music. Oh and yeah, you, you can feel it, and 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 it's just in the notes you can you can relay sadness or you can relay melancholy or that type of thing, and that's that's kind of like the talent I think of a, of a musician is that they can take you know their voice as an instrument or their instrument that they're playing and do that. They yeah, make me happy too, <laughs> but. Uh, Oh, totally. And jazz is such a, it's just like a journey. It always, 
it always progresses and it always moves somewhere. But at the same time, it's so calm. Like often uh, the chats that I'm listening to, uh, it's often like also like enjoys that place where it is. It's kind of like, I am sad, but actually I kind of, kind of enjoy it, right? Like this little- Yeah, well, you can kind of wallow in it. You kind of wallow in it a little bit, but then you can kind of break out. And like, what I like yeah. about jazz is that you can be in this kind of movement that's really kind of slow and sad, and then you can go into this kind of hyper thing, and then you come yeah. back, and then you change the time signature, and you go back, and you come. So you can be like with the horns, they can be like the saxes can be very expressive and go really kind of wild, and then they can come back down. It's just like mm -hmm. any instrument, but you can do that with strings too. But saxophones in particular and trumpets and horns, they just have this ability to convey, convey this kind of emotion <clears throat> that is um, it's kind of distinctly jazz and the, like the jazz form that what, what you can do with get guys like Coltrane and Davis and Sun Ra. Um, you know, that's kind of where I, I kind of try to try to take electronic music in that kind of direction, which is different than what mm -hmm. goes on with other stuff but um yeah it's just kind of where i i like the idea of the expansiveness of, of of changing time signatures changing um um keys and just going wherever it's gonna go um it just feels good <laughs> yeah yeah there's some 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 things in music that it is just just give you a different kind of the, the feeling to, oh yes it's the same thing in pop music like i don't know modulations all that kind of stuff that's something maybe cheesy but i don't know i kind of feel that that's i enjoy that as well so but yeah i like the the kind of the the, the the flourishes you have in your music the, the the sounds you choose to use and and the way you do your voice um is really is this it, it's just very it brings you kind of into it you kind of like i i, I when i listen to music I, like i put my headphones on and I just like focus on it and I, I don't try to have anything else going on, but that's, you know, typically what I do, but like what you have going on, this is really, it's, it's beautiful. And I like, I like where, where, you, where your headspace is. And so I think it's um something that people should experience. And I'm looking forward to your record. I think that it's going to be cool to see you stretch out for a full hour where, where you go um, with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, it's that it's just one hour. Finally, I needed to throw another hour away, <laughs> other way. But uh, you know, not, not on this yeah, hard. Yeah. Well, you can maybe you have enough for the next one because sometimes you put together such a big project and then you say, okay, well, the world can't digest three hours of music, so I cut it down to an hour where I have enough material that I, have, I can go into other projects and and use it. You know, yeah, you find yourself doing that, like picking. Like oh, wait, this isn't gonna work for this, but maybe this can work for the next one, and then you kind of put it in your library. Well, to be honest, I feel like some of the songs that I feel that because this is during the years, during this period of the writing the album, like the songs that I I wrote that I that didn't become part of this album were mainly uh, written like mainly old older songs, and so I feel that my character maybe has changed. Mm -hmm. um, that much that I cannot resing the message, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's not true to the me that I am at the moment. And then I just release those as de demos as the demos. way they are from the part they were. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing to do because then it's that's the way. That's the me that that I was. 
and um, that's the me that I sang them, even though they were, you know, like demos. But the, you cannot, I think that's the best. Um, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's just like need to be. Uh, yeah, I need to do this really like self-reflection, like what's you know what's true to you, and it's not like you know what song was better or or verse or anything like that. But it's just like who you are at the moment. I think you need to still. I would like to present it as this is still me, and this is still yeah. true to me. It's interesting because I was reading this documentary about Prince, and he used to have like so much music, right? But he would he would have like a project, and it's like a point in time. So he would like maybe be working on something, and then it's like, well, you know, everything that that I'm working on in this period of time kind of works right together. But I can't go and take this older track and then just throw it in. Yeah, it's not where my head's at. And yeah, he, I think he was talking one time. He had this. Like the, the 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 record company people wanted him to take a track from a different period because mm -hmm. they thought it was stronger and throw it in as a single, and he's like, well, it doesn't fit with where I'm at, where this project is. Mm -hmm. It's like throwing it out of nowhere and they're throwing something in and it doesn't really fit. And and it's like so when you're an artist, it's like, like I'm in this kind of mood where I'm this is where my headspace is. So I'm I have a theme and I've got this feeling. And all the songs are kind of full, like that's where my where where I am. And if I go take something that doesn't really fit that, then it kind of like doesn't make the project work. So I can get I can get that. Thing. Yeah, and some you know some and also some some songs work still. So some you know as as in people, some parts change, some parts still always stay always the same. It's it's funny how you can actually get to know so much about yourself when you're just going through your own material. It's a, yeah, you have something that's five years old, and for some reason it fits where yeah. you are now, right? And yeah. maybe it didn't fit where you were then, right? It's kind of like it was this oddball thing, and then you go back and you find it and say, hey, this actually fits in this new project because yeah. it's like yeah. it somehow was like a preview of where I was going to be, and I didn't even mm -hmm. realize it. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, this is sometimes, yeah, you know, you know, your subconscious sometimes knows better who you're heading to. And, uh, and also this, uh, you know, beauty of like, just growing and also experiencing, experiencing life, you know, experiencing yourself in different environments. Like also you, this... Uh, yeah. Or you could have been like, like you, it's too revealing. Like you write a lyric or you write something and it's like, oh, this is too much. It's like, it's, I don't feel comfortable because I actually gave out too much. Right. And then later you feel more confident that you can put it out because you're not scared what the world's going to think about it. Cause you yeah. got older, you're more mature. So that you could take something like, well, you were kind of scared of it because it was maybe it's too honest. And yeah. so, I'm like, oh, it's too honest. I can't do that. And then later you kind of grown. Mm -hmm. and so I, can, I can handle that now. I can handle how people are going to interpret this. So I'll, I will put it out. Yeah, and you can you can always say that you know I was just young when I wrote this. It's just, you know, it's just it just surpassed me. It just surpassed me. It's not the me that I am now, but like, of course, it's the same. Still, it's still, it's still you. It's always like it's the same. It's just a good excuse, right? It's just the other you. You go into yeah. you go into the looking glass, and the other you is really you. It's yeah, just, maybe you don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Or is you know still 
I don't know. I think time is such a beautiful thing. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, sometimes it's just you know you do nothing and it's just some some things just feel more more comfortable to to sing. Or when you sometimes you also need a little bit of distance from your yourself so you don't actually put too much weight weight on it. And and yeah, you know there are many things that you know I've written that I feel as well. You know, like I never can publish it, but but um, at the same time those have been the songs that maybe have talked to the most of people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so sometimes your, your demos are the songs like your, your fans find a demo and then they're like, I, yeah. I, want, I really want this. You should finish it. You should put it out. And you're like, well, you know, but like at the time you didn't feel good about it, but you're like, you're, yeah, fans are like, that's what they, they like, oh, wow, this is a real gem. Yeah. Like, I you don't, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want, it's like, maybe it's not where you are. The fan likes it. The fan, it speaks to the fan. And that's weird that, cause like sometimes the fans, like you can do something that really speaks to them, but then you're not feeling it. Right. Yeah. So then as an artist, like, well, what's my responsibility to the fan that wants the work that maybe I don't want to put out? <laughs> well, exactly. I think that's the, what I realized and promised myself long, long time ago, and that you know, to just always do since, like, you know, just to, to develop yourself into that point when you're actually okay to give out the demo and not feel ashamed about it. <laughs> like that, because then you can actually give out honest things. If you practice too much, then it's just again like the soul. You're you're kind of not sacrificing, but how to say you're trading. You're trading a bit of the soul, you know, the weight, like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice this song and gonna practice this song then and after a year I'm gonna be so much better. You know, I think that's uh that's not how uh, Yeah. Well, I think sometimes the, the raw first or second, third take versus like the tenth or twentieth or fiftieth take. Like I've gone back and listened to like like famous records, right? from like Dylan Hendrix and the doors mm -hmm. and sometimes like the early version of the song actually is the most honest it has, yeah. has their original intent of the song and then as they make new versions they seem to have maybe they got scared of what they said and so they change mm -hmm. the lyric or they they get they get rid of a lyric because maybe it was too revealing or they or it was too it was too much or they thought it, so so they they start like editing to the point where they they're like self-censorship <laughs> or, or or taking the kind of heart out of the song what i've seen oh, yeah. sometimes like if you overproduce or go back and do too many takes then you kind of get the original honesty of the of that raw first take or second take gets lost and you just end up like trying to like you end up like self-sabotage you're like not being true to the original intent you kind of just are trying to get away from it <laughs> yeah it's it's you know it's such a you know working it's some kind of ethereal matter and i just try to hear it like right when it's the final line it's the same as you're like brewing some kind of a drink and then it's just trying to spice it up for like you know enough of sugar and then you put a bit more and then it's already too much and so hard to yeah you wrecked it because it's like I think it's like a painting. Like if you're you're an actor or you're a painter, you know you you do that first like take to, on a performance, and then the director goes back and the editor goes back, and they're like, "Wow, you did ten takes, but really the first one is the best one." 
Yeah. And 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 ten ten it just seems like an art sometimes like that first attempt is really kind of like it seems like there are things that are a point in time in life that are really mm -hmm. beautiful at that point. And if you ever try to go back, it's like time. Yeah. Time happened and you can't recreate it. There's something that you'll always not get, right? And maybe it's not perfect. Maybe you had a mistake in the vocal or you had a mistake in the song, but sometimes like it that it's a happy accident. It's a something that's imperfect, but you know, sometimes art or beauty is imperfect. And, oh, and yeah. you have to let it be what it is. If you try to perfect it, you kind of destroy it. Well, that's that's true. I mean, I wonder yeah, where this human perfectionist thing, you know, has has risen. Maybe with just too many, too many things around us that are kind of mechanical, right? Like not human yeah. made even. If you have too many computers, they'll tell you like, oh, it's not the right pitch. The pitch is off or the BPM is off. So if you put it through a process and it gets sanitized by like some logic, then it mm -hmm. starts to analyze it. And it's like music is like you really shouldn't analyze music that way. Mm -hmm. you think about like, you know, you think about the Rolling Stones and the way Keith Richards plays. Oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not on time. He's a lot mm -hmm. of time. He's way off the time but it's kind of the character of the way he plays. And if you try to put it in a computer, it would tell you that it's wrong. It would yeah. tell you that he's off the beat. He's doing different BPMs on every measure, every bar. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, oh, that's not right. And it's like, well, no, that's why the stones sound like the way they do, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. you, you can't edit that out. If you do, you destroy the sound of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just all, you know, all around us is like measure things, you know, in, a, in traffic and in, in the home, like equipment. There's just really little things that you know, are handcrafted, actually. Like, you know, go to the, go to the forest. There's no, there's not a perfect tree. Or what is a perfect tree? It doesn't exist. Kind yeah, of. They, they all have different form. You know, they all yeah. make a little crooked here. They're a little this off that, but that's their beauty. And to me, it's like if I, if you're playing on a track and a drummer, is a little off the beat. Do you go and make him make it perfect or do you take that imperfection and use it and then kind of play with it? Like a lot of bands like in the past that like had live drummers, it's kind of like the uniqueness of the of the of the rhythm track is because it's a little off in places. And yeah. being off in places actually gives it the character that makes it memorable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what some people have kind of like with the drum machines and stuff being so tight that then then you can't have that. I try to actually program like like chaos. <laughs> I try to put in like randomness into my analog equipment. I like to use analog drums. Mm -hmm. Then I can throw kind of like really random things into them so that they're mm -hmm. not perfect on purpose. So they're a little glitchy. And it's it be kind of being glitched by like LFOs or envelopes or random mm -hmm. voltage. And so if you if you have a like an analog drum machine being triggered by random voltage or being triggered by like a slow LFO and it's gonna go and do different beats on different times, then it gives you this kind of feel like it is a real drummer. Cause I'm not like a one person artist. But so to give me that kind of feel like there's a human being there, I let the analog equipment kind of have human attributes. 
Oh, yeah. But you, in a way, it's the human behind it, right? Like who programmed it, programmed yeah, yeah. it to be. Yeah, to be less, less, less perfect is actually more perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. To, to me, and, that's the way I like to run by. I mean, you know, it's just all the instrumentalists also. I mean, we talk all about like how mostly how singers, you know, they have soul, they need to express themselves, you know, it's too little emotion, too much emotion, like it's mm -hmm. feeling is not right, you know. But uh, I think every instrumentalist, like, you know, they have the, again, the soul in their hand. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, or it's just, uh, you know, in it's whatever the they use. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same, same thing. The same, same expressiveness that a singer can do, a musician, you know, can do. And it's just like whether or not the production team allows that level of expression, you know, in some forms of music today, it's not um, like encouraged to kind of go off kilter or go in different directions that are not expected. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of from an era where I, I like that's the core <laughs> of what I like. <laughs> um, so I like to listen to artists like yourself that they are very expressive and independent. And I find that in the independent world of music is where all the cool things are happening, at least to, to me. So that's why I like to have people like you come on the show. Yeah, I, I think like this independent, you know, like. Um, also people like also in indie music right like there are also people who are actually dependent on some you know trends or their own own characters some, at the same time in pop music even nowadays there are people who are you know uh, still following their their own passion and were like kind of not scared i think it's yeah. also kind of like somehow artists and the whole industry maybe just should kind of like you know reach a state when none none of the sides like is afraid uh, because i think um, you know good music is uh has a value and should not you know be uh not released or like you know just unmodified because of uh, fear of the yeah, audience I think, because i think people should just be allowed to um have their kind of free spirit you know, I think I think the, the the weird thing was like the hippie era, like the you know the whole era, of the '60s and the '70s of the freedom of expression. You know, you had like you had record companies that would allow an artist to stay on the label without making a profit. Mm -hmm. right? They would be allowed to have maybe three or four albums before they let them go. Yeah, so they give them space to experiment and to find themselves, where that's really hard in an environment that's always like, well, you got to make a hit. But in a world oh, yeah. where like you're allowed to kind of make mistakes or you're allowed to kind of grow and build an audience. And I think it's like in the indie community that we're in, it's like we're allowed to do that because we kind of make it that way. Um, but, you know, it's in the other side. You do get the artists that in, are in the top 20 sometimes that do still have that kind of innovative spirit. They, they do something really cool. You get you get a Kurt Cobain once in a while. You know, you, mm -hmm. you get Tori Amos, you get somebody that really is like amazing. It comes out mm -hmm. of it and it can buck the trend and it actually becomes popular, but is really artistic and mm -hmm. not compromising. You know, we're willing to, and, and it's rare that you actually get that pop star that actually has those characteristics. It's like who it comes along once in a while. But um, 
Yeah, no especially spoiler. now when it's a new song, like songs are competing mainly, not even artists, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get to really know the artists when most artists nowadays are only one song. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, like in the 1950s, it's like one hit wonder, right? Mm -hmm. you, you would get so many artists in the 50s and mid 60s. You have all these greatest hit albums, right, from that period where you just have, you know, they only had one song. And that's mm -hmm. it. And they, they, they had all their yeah. songs, but no, no, nothing ever hit. And, yeah. and so everybody just knows them from that one song. And mm -hmm. um, it seems like we're in that same kind of era where people don't take a lot of, a lot of chances with the band. Like, even if they like, like a popular song, they won't listen to the rest of the songs on the record. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so cruel, right? Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, I, I to me, like if I hear a song, from somebody, then I will actually go listen to like all their songs on the record because mm -hmm. I want to see where their heads at. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know, it seems like that's not the standard anymore where most people don't take the time. Cause I guess there's, there's so, they got video games, they got sports, they got 5,000 channels on TV. So there's so many distractions that like they can't take their, their attention and they spend it on one artist. Uh, Unless that artist suddenly hits them like a Taylor Swift or something, and it keeps on putting out hits, then then yeah. they'll get somebody. Who, okay, well they keep on consistently putting out work that makes you do that. And it's it's, it's funny how you know like th those you know when you when you are just given something like for example you know this pop uh, pop pop music. It's let's say okay Taylor. They're actually all great songwriters. They cannot say anything, but. But um, you know, for example, like my parents are older generation. You know, they if they are given that music, then they might not connect to it, and they might even like hate it at first. But you know, if you're always being fed that, then it's just like your brain is just like, okay, I need to accept and just like yeah, you know, well, that's, like that's just the get forced, to force fed the, the forced love. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like like you gotta drink it in. Cause that's all you get. You it's, know, like a, it's, it's like a, it's like this, uh, you know, being in lockdown with with yeah. uh, with this uh, kind of a stranger that you kind of don't get along with, but you kind of have to. Yeah, you're you forced. Like, okay, it's like uh, we're in the middle of the lockdown, and now we have to actually talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Where we could like okay, um, we could avoid that, and now we can't avoid it. <laughs> impossible to avoid <laughs> yeah now, now you can't <laughs> yeah well, well positive it was great having you on the program thank you um, so much with it so nice chat <laughs> i i just uh, will remind you that this will be on youtube within like an hour mm -hmm. and um we do have like sponsors and stuff that will be on that version near the tail end of it but that's how we can keep mm -hmm. doing this but um this version here is, is without sponsorship, okay. <laughs> but the, the ones that later come on will actually have, but just disclosure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're happy to have you on the show again when, you're, when your project hits and you're saying June? June, yeah. Yeah, definitely get in touch with us again. We'd like to talk about like an album release episode where if you want to, you can kind of have a reveal, um, you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're feeling that, that would be cool. Yeah, of course. Feeling to reveal, <laughs> reveal the the stories behind that. Thank you. Dreamscape. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm very excited to hit. It's like, is there going to be like a pre-save coming up? As soon as I see the pre-save, I'm going to hit it. <laughs> yes, they're they're all the industry things. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take care of this. You're going you're to do all that, so I, like I'll be the first in line for the pre-save. Yeah, and, but it's yeah, a, it's yeah. an it's an audiovisual album, so there'll be website as well. That's what oh, I can cool. tell. Oh, website. Are you are you yeah. going to do like a a, a DVD? Or you just like online? Well, it's online. It's actually ready, but it's not yeah, out okay. yet. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it That'd see. be cool. It'd be cool if you did like a physical package because there was like a CD and a DVD. Like that's kind of cool. I'd probably be into that. Well, if there's if there's enough uh, people, then I yeah, might you end might up do doing it. that. That'd be, that'd be cool because I like I like the like I'm an old school. I like to actually pick up a record and and you know, CD or DVD and actually open it up and read the liner notes and all that. So if you if you have a package like that, that would be cool. I mean, I'll get it if it's digital, but but if it's that way, then I like whoa, I, I like. It. Yeah, I'm 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 working to towards that. I would really I really also would like to you know touch an album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every artist would love to have like the physical records so they can like that touch the work. It's so virtual today, like it, oh, it's all in the ether. Um, yeah, it's good that the, the old days when you actually could have like uh, something to, to to hold and 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 li look at while you're listening. You know, that was the yeah. main experience. You know, they actually would pull the lyric sheet out and you could read it because it was vinyl and it'd be big enough yeah. that you could actually sit you know down on the couch and actually you know, read it while you're listening, you know, that, that's, that's kind of cool. If you, if people, yeah, <laughs> I hope that I can give it to you and other people. That would be yeah, awesome. As soon as possible. Way, but I think the site would be cool too. So I'd like to see all that, but we'll, we'd love to have you back on and uh, thank you for being on the program. We're very excited that you, you're still doing work and happy that you're First. still safe. And uh, yeah, watch out for the you volcano. too, you as well. Watch out for your volcano. Be safe. Yeah, you too. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Keep let's let's keep on making music. It's we definitely uh, that's what we gotta do. Yeah, I believe in it. I believe in what you're doing yeah. too. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye.